We're going to um, take our reading this morning from Romans chapter 5. That's Romans chapter 5. Um, and we're going to read from verse 1 to 5. Romans chapter 5 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice also in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces <coughs> character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Today, all over the world, millions of men, women and children will gather together for a service of remembrance. It started on Armistice Day on the 11th of November, 1918. It's where a peace agreement was signed between the Allies in Germany and France, and it was to end all hostilities on the Western Front, the end of the war. It took effect on a on the 11 o'clock in the morning in a railway carriage on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. Some will do this in great cathedrals, in cities, in towns, in villages, gathered around cenotaphs and war memorials. Others will do it in churches as we are gathered today. And today we remember all the <coughs> fallen in the wars, both past and present. The poppies we wear, made by the British Legion, as a reminder of the blood-red flowers of Flanders Field, the battleground of the First World War, where so many soldiers died in that great war of 1914-1918. It was meant to be the war to end all wars. Unfortunately, it wasn't. Tragically, there has only been one year since 1945, which was the end of the Second World War, that a British service personnel has not been killed in operations around the world. That year was 1969. So why is it so important for us to remember today? Well, I have three thoughts that might help us this morning. And the first is it's important for us to remember because of recognition. We recognise what these men and women have done for us. Today is about recognising the sacrifice of millions that, who have made that for the sake of freedom. Freedom from oppressors and dictators who wish to impose their rules and regulations on people. And this freedom that we have today is not cheap. There's a very expensive price for it. How do we take the loss of the millions of lives over the years? How do we take that in this morning? Well, we can't. It's impossible. It's overwhelming. But what we can do is personalise a few people today so that we can relate to their sacrifice and possibly engage in their stories. And so I'd like to ask you to do something slightly different this morning. I would like you to imagine 
that the people's stories who I share, who are, what, that I share with you this morning, that you're about to hear about, are relatives of yours. I'd like to introduce you to two people. They could possibly be great uncles of yours. I'd like to introduce you to Francis and Rivi Granfell. Francis Granfell and his twin, Rivi, were born on the 5th of September 1988. They, when they were 14, they both went off to Eton to be educated. At 19, Francis and his brother joined the British Army. They fought in the Bauer War and India together. At the outbreak of the First World War, Francis, now a captain, and his brother were sent off to fight in France on the front. Francis took part in the Battle of Mons. During the battle, his regiment was ordered to charge a, gun, a German machine gun post, hit by a hail of machine gun bullets, shelling and rifle fire. Casualties were heavy. When they reassembled on the outskirts of a town, Francis realised that his group, group had suffered over 80 casualties. Later that day, Francis and some of his men volunteered to go out again and rescue some of the casualties that were in danger of being captured by the Germans. The operation was successful, but Francis was badly wounded. He was recovering back in England and was awarded the Victorian Cross, the VC, for the role that he played in saving 119 field battery Royal Artillery. While Francis was in hospital recovering, he'd heard that his twin brother had been killed in action on the Western Front. In October 1914, Francis returned to France as a squadron commander of the Nantes Lance Regiment. He was seriously wounded again, and a few weeks later in action was shipped back to England for treatment. By spring of 1915, he recovered again. He was sent out to Ypres, and on the 24th of May, he endured the first German poison gas attack in the trenches. The following day, Francis climbed out of the trenches again in action and was shot. This time, he was killed. Francis was one of 208 casualties out of the 350 men of the 9th Lance Regiment who took part in the action on that day. Francis was certainly a man who persevered, shot once, recovered, went back to war, shot again, recovered, went back to war, gassed, recovered, went back to war. He died serving others. He went back to war time and time again. Was he scared? I bet he was. Why did he do it? Well, because Francis believed in the cause that he was <coughs> fighting for. To help future generations like you and me sat here today. And at the time, he believed in fighting for peace in Europe. In the 20th century, it's estimated over 150 million people have been killed in wars around the world. Each one of them having a story of bravery and fear. Wilfred Owen, the great war poet and soldier himself, said this in 1918. What passing bells for those who die like cattle. Now he wrote that not to insult his fellow soldiers, but to point out when slaughter is relentless, indiscriminate, 
we need to give even more value to each individual to recognise their humanity. Each one of them is someone's parent, someone's child, someone's sibling, a colleague or a friend, a loved one. Not all die as heroes with medals on their chest, some die as casualties. And some just have a really difficult time coping with the environment, the theatre of war. Our memories of pride and gratitude are also coloured by the sense of the stupidity of war, the waste of human lives, the lives of civilians, the tragedy of the broken world we live in. In 1976, in Belfast, in Northern Ireland, on his first tour of duty, as a soldier at the, at the age of 19 years old. After a really difficult night patrolling the streets of the, with, uh, sorry, after a really difficult night patrolling the streets with the parachute regiment, a soldier named Jim went into the showers in the morning and shot himself. Two of his 21-year-old friends were detailed to clean up the mess. At the age of 19 and 21, that was their first introduction to war. It shocked them and stayed with them. Jim may have not been a hero in some people's eyes, but he is a casualty of war, and history shows how this sort of stuff affects people who are caught up in war. Jim and many others need to be recognised today as well. Secondly, we remember today out of respect for what people do for us. In July 2009, the last British soldier who served in the Great War of 1914-18 to 18 died at the amazing age of 111. The last British Tommies all lived to be over 100 years old, and they all served in both world wars. All that remain of these men now are the photographs and the stories they share. So let me introduce you to another story. This is the story of Arthur Barraclough. He could be your great-grandfather. He went over the top of the trenches in the First World War six times. If you've read the stories and know the history, not many soldiers survive going over the top once. He went six times, risking his life each one. He said in an interview with BBC before he died, he said this, I always said a prayer before going over the top, six times and on six occasions, some bigger attacks and some smaller attacks. I always used to stand when all the lads were lined up with their rifles and bayonets fixed, ready for going over the top. Our hearts would be cursing and pounding and there would be all sorts of stuff going up in prayer but I used to stand still for a minute and just say this little prayer. I will never forget it. Dear God, I'm going into grave danger. Please help me act like a man and come back safe. And that's what I did. I went over the top without fear. That little prayer seemed to save me and keep me alive because I had no fear, although there were shells and bullets and the rest of the stuff flying around us as we went over the top. I was never frightened of being hit. It's real funny that that prayer put me where I am today. And that's true. Six times I went up. Six times I said that prayer. And six times I came back safely 
and I thank God for every single time. Verse 3 in our passage this morning. We always rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character produces hope. Arthur had that perseverance and he certainly had character and he carried that hope in his heart every time he went over the top. You may recall recently the death of Irene Mainurin. She was known as Dee Dee. She could have been your great aunt. Dee Dee died in September 2010. She was born in London um, on the 5th of March 1921. She moved to France, sorry, she was born in London, she moved to France, and when France fell to Germany, they moved back, she moved back with her family. They fled to England in 1942. Dee Dee, at the age of 21, became a British agent, a spy that was recruited by special operations. First, Dee Dee worked as a signal operator, receiving messages from men and women in the field. Then, on the 2nd of March, 1944, aged 24 years of age, Dee Dee was parachuted into occupied France overnight. Using the code name Rosie, she was given the mission of helping set up a network in Paris called Wizard. Dee Dee's role was to maintain, at all cost, a wireless link to London in the course of the next five months, she transmitted 150 messages. In July 1944, her transmitter was detected. She was arrested. Didi survived in silence the torture chamber of the Paris headquarters of the Gestapo. Didi was subject to water torture, her face being held down in cold bars until she nearly drowned, 24 years of age. But she didn't crack and she didn't say anything. In mid-August, she was sent to the women's concentration camp at Ravensbrück. Dee Dee was one of only a handful of British agents ever to survive Ravensbrück. But her experience marked her profoundly. She was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder after the war. She couldn't live on her own. She was cared for by her sister. She painted violent pictures to try and express her time as a German prisoner and all that she went through. She was awarded the MBE and the Quarterdant, a French honoree for bravery. But Dee Dee died in September 2010, unknown and in poverty. Her bravery unrecognised until care workers, care workers went into her home, looked through her drawers and cupboards and found her medals, letters and her diaries. She deserves our respect today. She suffered for her bravery in so many ways. The bravery of her life only really acknowledged in her death. Through her bravery, and after reading all those diaries and letters, it was found out that thousands of soldiers' lives were saved because of her actions. We respect her and others for what they did today, for the freedom and liberty we now enjoy. Thirdly and finally, today we remember them all. When we see on the thousands of war memorials in the names of the fallen, there is a reality to each and every headstone. They represent a personal tragedy, a lost life and a life given. 
often on their gravestones will be the words that Jesus gave us. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. We're the friends. With those words of Jesus, we, can, we come face to face with the prayer, the belief, the hope and the dream that somehow apparent, pointless, avoidable sufferings can be given meaning by associating it with the purposeful suffering of Jesus. 453 British soldiers have been killed in Iraq and Afghanistan since that war started. Again, let me take just one of their stories. He could be a friend or a brother, a son or a partner. Let me introduce you to Lance Corporal Ryan, age 23. He was killed instantly in 2010 during an operation to defeat insurgents who had attacked British troops and Iraqi forces. His colonel said this of him. He devoted his life to serving his country and helping his mates. There is no greater testament to a man than that. Lance Corporal Stephen Waters said he'd been a great friend like a brother. He had a tattoo on his arm, I shall fear no man but God, and he summed that up in every way of his life. I will miss him immensely. We have a duty this morning to remember those that have died protecting you and me. Their death was purposeful and not in vain. And the Bible helps and shows us how to link remembrance with thanksgiving, exactly what we're doing today. Jesus shows us this most significantly through the communion, where he tells us to always remember him. As Christians, we should be good at remembering with thanksgiving. So this morning we acknowledge and share with those who suffer, like Francis, like Jim, like Arthur, like Dee Dee, like Ryan. This morning we show respect and give our recognition for all that they and others have done for us to enable us to remember with thanksgiving as Jesus commanded. Amen. Amen.